0: plushcare.com slash weight loss
1: it's september 14th 1959 and another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by ariel rebecca and Ali, the retrospectors it's faintly astonishing to think that the first plane, the rickety Wright flyer, took to the skies for just a few seconds in 1903. And then just 50 or so years later, America and the USSR were locked in a fierce battle to fly rocket ships into space, a competition that saw the Soviets pull ahead on this day in 1959, when, as weird as it sounds, they intentionally crashed a probe into the moon.
2: Yeah, we, we did it, guys. We, we won the race to the moon. It's like if you were a runner and instead of crossing the finish, line you fell over and then you <laughs> threw a bottle of Lucozade over it and then the Lucozade splashed everywhere. Yeah. In fairness, Luna 2 was an impactor probe, meaning it was designed to crash land on impact after relaying images and data back to Earth. But yeah, it's not the moon landing you might be picturing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it shows the get up and go spirit that the Soviets had, you know, that's in this communist space talk race.
2: That's communist talk,
0: Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> because they were prepared to launch something before they had the technology to slow it down. I mean, that's why it had to crash into the moon. It's not like there was another option. They hadn't yet developed a way of slowing down anything going at that speed. So this was an incredible success. Like it hit the moon yeah. rather yeah. than doing what the previous version, Luna 1, did, which was miss its target by around 3,700 miles. <laughs>
2: well, the, the success of Luna 2 meant that it, it created this bizarre scene where the sudden cessation of communication from the craft sent the control room into Yay! celebration <laughs> Broke everything.
0: well that's funny isn't it because everything that we know about the space race has basically been told to us by america hasn't it i mean i didn't know until researching this that the first human-made object to make contact with any object outside of our planet was this on this day. Like, this physical contact of the thing crashing into the moon is a really significant moment in science. And yet, because Americans sent man to the moon first, we all think, oh, America won the space race. But those were parameters that were set by Kennedy... Because America lost this bit where it was like, let's get a man-made object up there. Yeah, and in fact, the Soviets were ahead for quite a long
1: period during the space race. They'd sent up the first satellite in 1957, that was Sputnik. And then they also, in 1960, had the first animals in orbit. And in 1961, you had the first uh, cosmonaut or astronaut of any kind, Yuri Gagarin, who uh, was the first human to orbit the Earth. But the other reason why certainly the US version of the story was wouldn't want to recount this moment where they slammed a rocket into the moon was because it was carrying a Soviet flag. And, you know, for Americans, that would have been absolutely, well, two things. One, disheartening, because you wanted to do that first and get your flag up there. But two you know, quite motivating. And it was at this point that Eisenhower stepped up a gear and started to properly fund the space race. And of course, next along comes JFK. And he really uses getting people onto the moon as one of his great campaign ambitions. And ultimately, once he becomes president, his determination is to get a man on the moon by the end of the decade.
2: Yeah, Luna 2 carried two pennants. I mean, you're probably picturing sports-style flags, but these were spheres made of metal, and they were made up of pentagons engraved with the date and, you know, the USSR. They looked exactly like footballs. Two, basically two small footballs and in the centre they had an explosive charge that would send the panels scattering far and wide on impact. And two days after the successful end of the mission a jubilant Soviet Premier Nikita Khrushchev arrived for his only state visit to the United States where he <laughs> gave Eisenhower a replica of the Soviet penance probably the pettiest gift in history. Yeah,
1: thanks, thanks. Please flash this. I
2: don't, <laughs> I, imagine, I don't know what his alternative gift plan was had this mission not been a success. He must have had something else like a box of biscuits in the back of a <laughs> limo.
0: Yeah, And it's worth looking at a picture of the pennant, by the way, because it has serious kind of Star Wars vibes. In fact, the whole spacecraft is a bit R2-D2-ish. If Mm. you're imagining something that looks like a rocket, you are off the mark. It was launched by rocket, but then by the time it separated and went hurtling to the moon, you're looking at something that... Well, all the photos are black and white, so this doesn't help. Um, It makes it all look very steampunk. But it's a little spherical spacecraft with protruding antennas. It Mm. is really sci-fi looking it
2: it looks like uh, something you would make at home to be a spacecraft in a school play with like a colander (laughs) on your head and you know tinfoil antenna.
0: (laughs) but the idea that it was carrying the flag of the soviet union upon impact is just it's just funny i mean the whole idea of like whose flag gets to be on the moon is really funny isn't it from this distance anyway i mean literally there's no one there to see it there's not even anyone taking a picture of it once it's up there
2: That was the problem with Luna 1. So, Luna 2 was actually the sixth launch of the Luna program in the Soviet Union. There were four unsuccessful launches which just didn't get given a name or a number, and they weren't reported in the Soviet press for obvious reasons. Luna 1 did reach orbit. As we mentioned, it was on an incorrect trajectory, and it missed the moon. It's not Luna 1.
1: It's outer solar system 1. That's what we meant to happen.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it did become the first man-made object to escape Earth's orbit. The problem was that nobody outside of the USSR believed that this had actually happened. Yeah. Even like, yeah, though the first yeah, yeah, yeah. man-made
0: object to fail to crash into the moon really does seem underwhelming. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Why would you lie about that?
2: <laughs> but you know, they were offended by the American insinuations that the Luna One launch had been faked. So the USSR tipped off a prominent British astronomer, Bernard Lovell, who was in charge of the Jodrell Bank Observatory um, in Cheshire so that he could observe the mission and confirm that it actually happened. But Lovell, and this makes it sound like they reached out to Lovell as you know a friend, he had a really complex relationship with the Soviets because shortly before his death, he claimed that during a 1963 visit to the Soviet Deep Space Communications Centre, his hosts tried to assassinate him with a lethal dose of radiation.
0: Crikey. An attempted poisoning. I mean, that's just a slap on the wrist, Rebecca. I mean, that's to be
2: discarded. (laughs) You're right.
1: But even so, the successful crash landing did prompt the United States to say, look, by the way, having your flag on the moon doesn't give you any territorial rights over that particular celestial body. (laughs) And the then Vice President Richard Nixon then uh, expressed some pretty sour grapes by saying that it had taken the Soviets a few tries to hit the moon, and he reassured his country people that consequently that means we're way ahead in the space race. I mean, eventually, America did finally pull ahead.
0: And punished Khrushchev behind the scenes in a brilliant way. Did you see what really got Khrushchev annoyed on this trip to America? No. Banned from Disneyland. <laughs> no. He really oh, wanted to it. go to Disneyland. And I they think, were like, yeah, sorry, it's a security risk. I think that's
1: America's ultimate punishment. <laughs>
2: yeah, <exactly. laughs> I'm still riding high off the success of Luna 2. Just three weeks later, Luna 3 made the first successful flyby which rounded the moon and sent back the first ever photographs of the far side of the moon. See, Russia was really on a roll here. Mm. And so I was just... You know, I was curious, how did they lose so much momentum in the space race? And it seems like a lot of it was from the fact that their space program director, Sergei Korolev, died suddenly at the age of 59 in 1966. He was very commanding. He was revered. His successor, Vasily Mission, was given the job of sending a human around the moon in 1967 and then landing a human on it in 1968 this obviously was a lot of pressure for him to be under. There was also in 1967, a, a disaster with a Soviet spacecraft, which crashed on descent, which led to the death of cosmonaut Vladimir Komarov, the first ever space fatality. A mission developed a drinking problem. And that just seems to be the moment where the Americans were able to <laughs> The first
0: head. ever aeronautical drinking problem. <laughs> <laughs> All the first. <laughs> and it didn't help their
1: cause that Komarov went down cursing the communist regime. And so there were the... sort of glimmers that the well, they're not the wheels, but whatever the space equivalent of wheels were falling off.
0: The micro Be- meteorite detectors.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Geiger counters were falling off. <laughs> but also the fact that both uh, parties were taking such enormous risks to try and win this race. You know, a lot of the manned missions were the first time that they'd e- ever launched a, a rocket of a particular type. They actually still stuck people in them because they were just willing themselves to win this race so extremely that they were then happy to take these kinds of risks. But in the end, as we know, America did actually win the race by landing uh, two uh, astronauts on the moon in 1969. But there's a funny subtext, which was that the Soviets hadn't stopped wanting to crash rockets into the moon. And at this stage, they had this weird plan where they were intending to steal the thunder of the Americans. They'd sent their own probe, the Luna 15, which was given the exact same mission it wasn't manned, but they, they too were planning to use this particular robot that they were going to land on the surface of the moon to gather moon rocks and soil samples, just like Armstrong and Aldrin were planning to do. Presupposing that the American space mission went poorly, they were going to step in and go, well, look, we've got this wonderful craft doing the exact same thing, except that A, America's mission went right, and B, the Luna 15 crashed into the moon's surface and didn't
0: manage to complete its mission at all. But they, they've got a flair for the dramatic, haven't they, the Soviets at this point? So, I mean, the Luna 2 that went up on this day, one of the things that it was supposed to do was discover whether or not the moon was encircled by a ring of magnetically charged particles. It isn't. But the other thing that it did scientifically, to show the dissipation of gas on the moon... Was release an orange cloud of sodium gas like something out of a Batman strip? I mean, presumably red gas doesn't travel as well as orange gas, otherwise it would have done it. I
2: was just thinking, you may as well have done a full display, you know, the gas expanding into the Soviet flag.
0: Tomorrow.
1: He always has to tell it with his his press releases. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm sorry. uh... Love the show? Support the show. Patreon.com
2: slash retrospectors part of the ACAST Creator Network.